Hey, this is Ashley. And I'm Shannon. And welcome to the Glorious Things Podcast. Thank you for joining us this week as we remember the glorious things we have forgotten. We're having conversations about what it actually means to be a Christian while we wrestle with questions and beliefs. One thing we do know is that we are loved and included, and so are you. Okay, we are here today, Ashley and I. Hi. With Morgan. Morgan Hi. McCormick. Hello. She tell us about your new podcast. We're gonna have her talk about some things with us today and tell us about your podcast that you're working on. Okay, I'm working on a podcast called The Graveyard Garden Party, and it's a variety of things about the paranormal and spooky stuff and interviewing really interesting people. And it's also got random literature accompanied by audio, drama, foley, and stuff like that in it. So I'm going to be, be producing good. little mini stories that have complete immersive sound and voice acting in them occasionally. Cool. Yeah. Um, for example, our first episode, which is not quite ready yet. I'm not even sure what the release date's going to be. But I've interviewed two people that are vampires. And we're right. talking about wow. how they got into it. Right. You know, or if they were born like that. Right. Things like that. And mm -hmm. it's really fascinating. And I just want to talk to people that you don't hear people from, from the margins without bias or judgment and hear from mm -hmm. them. And it's just, that's basically the whole thing. That sounds it's amazing. It's a variety of it's things. It's going to be good. So you're giving a space to people to tell their story who are normally not heard from not heard or from. they yeah, have stereotypes because yeah. I want to break yeah. stereotypes. That's yeah. one of the number one mm -hmm. things. So one thing I ask is what are stereotypes you'd like to break about people like you? Mm -hmm. Also, I will be covering, um, Strange disappearances and unsolved mysteries that have an paranormal aspect. I love stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, so yeah, that's basically what it's going good. Be about. Oh, this is exciting! I know, I'm really excited. Yeah. And we will mention it when it's ready to come out mm -hmm. okay. on, on our podcast. So let's see what what we talked about discussing with you is growing up in a Christian household mm -hmm. where Christianity can be manipulated. Um, as a tool, as a tool when you're a child. Yeah. These aren't all personal stories. This is just something that we've seen a lot of. Mm -hmm. We've talked yeah. about it a little bit and some yeah. of us, you know, some have experienced. So I have two people that I know that were very negatively impacted mm -hmm. by Christianity being used to manipulate them as children. And then them ending up not liking Christianity as an adult because of the way they were treated as kids right. and the habits that went into it. Who was it that did the manipulating? Was it the parents? The parents. Was it the church? Was it? It was both, but it was mostly the parents, I would say. Why don't you tell us one of the stories? Okay. So um, people that use Christianity as a tool to manipulate their kids, it gives their kids a bad taste in their mouth and they grow apart from Christ because the word was used to hurt them instead of right. guide, help, or comfort them. Mm -hmm. And um, if you think about anything, if you try to force feed somebody or shove something down their throat, they're going to choke on it right. and their body's yeah. going to reject it. They're right. not going to receive and it. They're going to resent it. Exactly. Most likely. Yeah. Exactly. It's the same thing with any kind of beliefs, not just religion. Just right. like that's why people are always at each other's throats 24 seven mm -hmm. with sure. politics and everything else, because they just want to. They just want to force feed you their information. They close their ears to anything. Don't want to hear from you. Don't yeah. want to hear opposing points of view. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And then everybody's choking on each other's right. just ridiculous hatred. It's mm -hmm. like horrible. And as a child, you don't have defense mechanisms no. to protect yourself. You just yourself. think this is bad. I'm not but going to respond to it. Exactly. So I have two main cases that I know of. 
where, um, I mean, I have personal things with me growing up, right. mm-hmm. but for to share, but just yeah. two things that I know in friends, one of my friends grew up with extremely uptight, also not just uptight, hypocritical mm. Christian parents that would say, I'm going to do this, but you can't do it kind of thing. And this person in particular, when they were in trouble, usually for nothing because of who their parents were, but when they were in trouble, they would be forced to write out the Bible as a kid. Oh, that's so it's sad terrible. and warped. This as a punishment. person wrote the entire Old Testament. Oh my gosh. Wrote it by hand. Oh. And now he associates the Bible with pain in his hands. Yeah. Pain mentally. And he hates reading it because mm-hmm. all of it, it was used as a punishment. It was. And it's, it's just like, why would you so negatively sad. associate something like that? And it didn't teach him any lessons. No. He didn't absorb the content. No. He just thought for years of my life, this was a punishment for me. Right. And that's just wrong. And that's a very large scale version, but even that's, smaller that's scale things. Hardcore, man. That's crazy. It's terrible. And then I knew a girl in high school who I was pretty close with. And she was, I mean, I'm not judging people's parenting styles, but she wasn't even allowed to say darn. She would get grounded for two weeks mm-hmm. if she said darn it like at the table right. mm-hmm. um so she was so sheltered so just like suffocated and she was very sweet she was amazing and i was friends with her and i she was in my friend group i have friends that attest to this and um, i think she's doing better now but there was a period in high school where she got a boyfriend secretly mm-hmm. and i just remember her going insane be and like mm-hmm. doing things like she got into drugs she got into sneaking out doing all this stuff and it got to a point where her whole life was falling apart and because when you do that to a kid and then they taste freedom they think mm-hmm. it's either this or it's suffocating right. there's right. no in between so yeah. they'll take everything they can get and burn out especially when it's with things that like darn yes right it's it's it's, it's extreme it's yeah. almost like torture it's, mentally because you're constantly mm-hmm. thinking about how you're not bound to up you're tied yeah. up your whole life exactly with the words you use the thoughts you have everything if it isn't what they think it's supposed to be and that's completely innocent yeah it's that's rough yeah it's really rough and um i think she's doing better now i don't know if she's christian i do know that the person that you know had to write the bible they consider themselves agnostic now mm-hmm. they yeah. they they believe in god but they're drawing their own conclusions which i did that right. when i was like 18 i dropped off like of everything i had been taught mm-hmm. like on purpose mm-hmm. i was like i'm going to completely isolate myself i'm going to say for a second that i don't believe in god and then just look at everything and pick what I do believe in mm-hmm. and try and draw right. conclusions. Right. So I listened. I start. That's when I started listening to other people's perspectives and other religions, mm-hmm. which I think at the end of the day, yeah. even though I still consider myself Christian now, mm-hmm. looking at other people's religions really helped me mm-hmm. because I saw basically faith displayed in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. And it made me think just why people believe things and stuff like that. It really makes you open to other ideas. Mm -hmm. But I I do consider myself Christian now, but there was a time where I was so hurt by the Bible and by people at church and everything else that I wanted nothing to do with it. I was, I was pissed. Yeah. And um, I think that in a way it made my relationship with God way better because now it's not me. And then all this crap between me and him, it's just I chose my direct line to him right. myself. Right. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't something you it wasn't something inherited was, or were forced exactly. into. And mm-hmm. it makes it better because I didn't I wasn't raised with this relationship with God. I personally chose to have it, mm-hmm. which is free will. Right. Yeah. As opposed to and it's fine to raise your kids with what you believe, but 
I'm going to raise my kids with the choice of, hey, what do you think about this? Mm -hmm. Do you think this is what this means? Do mm -hmm. you think that this is God? Do you think this? And let, because I want my kids, whatever they have faith in, I want them to actually have faith in it. Right. I always say that. I, I think we've talked about it before in another episode, but I want Eli, I want to teach Eli about who Jesus is, mm -hmm. but I want Eli to believe Jesus because he experiences him for himself. Yes. Mm -hmm. I want him to know the love of God for himself. And I can tell him that because parents are a big picture of how you view God. Mm -hmm. So none of us are perfect, but mm -hmm. I want him to know the love of God and the mercy and the kindness of God through me. And I want him to know Jesus for himself, not just because I've told him this is what yes. he should believe. And I think a lot of parents act out of fear because they're living in fear of going to hell. Right. Right. So it's they're scared their fear kid's going to go to hell. Right. Yeah. But really, if you really, if you believe in Jesus and his love and his promise, you don't have to be afraid for your no. kid. Mm -hmm. You can say. he loves my child way more than I and do. And living by example is a way better way to teach your kids about Christ than making them sit down and read the Bible by force right. every Saturday, they're not going to get it. Right. Adults don't right. get it. Right. So why are you going to force your kid to sit there and read something they don't want? Right. You yeah. know what I mean? One day you can introduce them and show them how to use the Bible. But it's like as a kid, when I, whenever I was forced to read it, man. I mean, if it's used, especially yeah. if it's used as a negative You can reference reinforcement, it, right. but don't sit there and be like, you have to read this chapter through this chapter. Now, sometimes I read the yeah. Psalms to Eli or we'll yeah. talk about stories about Jesus. But he likes it, right? Yeah, he likes it a lot of the time. Sometimes it comforts him. And but, if he was super but I don't, we don't do like, a, like I homeschool and we don't do like, I was going to do like a Bible or a Christian thing where we took time. I kind of but want then to, it becomes a chore. Right. We haven't done it. I yeah. kind of want to teach him to pray, like how to listen mm -hmm. and, and just be himself with Jesus. But I'm not sure I know how to do that yet. So we haven't done it. So that's what we do. We talk about it. He knows what we believe. We pray together every night. He wants us to pray. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes we write, but it's, it, it also depends on the child. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And something I felt like growing up that was like asserted on me is if you don't sit and like clap your hands together and like pray, pray, you're not talking to God. And that mm -hmm. really bothered me. Mm -hmm. So as an adult, I started practicing not formal praying, mm -hmm. just talking to mm -hmm. God every day, mm -hmm. just doing it mm -hmm. because that even it's fine to do that when you pray, but if you think of it as God won't hear me if I don't no. do this, that's mm -hmm. unhealthy. So to break some of the mindsets I was raised with, mm -hmm. that's another just act of faith is saying God's going to hear me even if I don't do this. Yes. And it's such Absolutely. a little weird thing that we're programmed to do in Christian households, which is not bad. But if you assert it as he won't hear you, if you that's don't do this. That's insane right there. It yeah. is. It's not. Yeah, it's not proper. And I mean, I won't get too much into it, but there are people in my family that have told me like, I lived with my boyfriend right. for years. Mm -hmm. I'm not married. And I had um, toxic family tell me, well, God's going to punish you in your marriage. If you marry this person, they're going to have an affair and they're going to do That's this. like speaking oh because every you didn't, because you live together. And mm -hmm. I was called a whore, a bunch of other stuff. I'm just like, okay, mm -hmm. whatever. I by mean, Christians. Me, yes, by Christians. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is that, Christians take it upon themselves to judge people when God says that's not their job. Yes. And that mm -hmm. is the number one issue that I take with the toxic Christian community. Mm -hmm. And I think that we're way more worried about everyone else than exactly. we are about ourselves. Yeah. I've never once, I mean, and there was times where they put so much pressure on me. I thought I was going, I was sick to my yeah. stomach. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But now that I have, I had lived on my own. I lived with my boyfriend, whatever. I honestly feel like if I had done anything differently, I would still be upset with God and Christ and I wouldn't have had 
a great relationship. Doesn't mean that I had to do that in order to get to this point. It just means like if I had stayed in that toxic environment, right. God opens doors even in places that wouldn't seem very Christian, yeah. mm -hmm. like me living with my boyfriend. Right. Mm -hmm. That gave me the chance to know God in a way that I would not have gotten if I had stayed in that really toxic place, right. listening to the wrong people. Well, okay, so I was a missionary for four or five years in the UK with the nightclub chaplain, and I came home, and I was I dealt with such huge loneliness in the UK, and when I came back home, and then I met Patrick, and I got pregnant mm -hmm. before I was married. After I was a missionary. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are I, we supposed to be upset? I'm not sure how I'm supposed to I react have, right now. I, I, I have never once felt guilt. And I struggled with not feeling conviction. Because, you know, as a Christian, there's a difference between guilt and conviction. Guilt is what we put on ourselves that's not from God. Conviction is when he's telling your heart something's not right. I had to sit with Jesus and be like, am I like? hard-hearted towards you because I just feel joy that I'm having a baby. Like mm -hmm. I was 36. I never thought I'd have a baby mm -hmm. or find somebody who loved me that I loved. And I felt such joy that I had Eli in my belly and then I had Patrick and Jesus was like, he's a gift. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that everything was perfect. It wasn't. But I think as growing up in church, you say, this is the right way. This is the way it should be. This is the only way. This is the way. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm not even arguing that it's not healthier if you don't do that before you're married. And it might be easier to find out who the person is a little beforehand. We weren't together very long, but here we are 12 or 13 years later. And I think there is right and wrong, but we've talked about this before. There's a lot of gray. And I'm not saying that the 10 commandments are great, but I'm saying that grace goes over the law to me. Doesn't make it non-existent. Those are good rules to live by. Don't murder somebody. Okay. I'll try. <laughs> don't have, don't commit adultery. Okay. Got it. It causes pain and hurt and wounds in your spirit and your heart. Those are good rules. Yeah. Right. But we are more legalistic than we are mm -hmm. graceful. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I, people that I love stopped talking to me when that happened and i had a preacher's wife and what does that say about how much love is really going it's on it's like what yeah. why 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 did you stop talking to me why they might you say i have a problem you. they might with, still love you, maybe but they're living in such fear of what they or just judgment exactly that they allowed that to affect their relationship with you mm -hmm. and that's an act of fear also and i've still never talked to someone yeah. again i was like that's sad the main things that the bible like talks about aside from like just right and wrong is grace love yeah and forgiveness right mm -hmm. and those are the three least practiced things that i see it doesn't community. mean you go wild wow. and do it it yeah. just means no. that he is love at the bottom line somebody i may not have done everything right but also i may not be on the you know dangling over hell because that happened because no. you didn't do that so you sit where you are and go that's not the right way that's really how much would it mean to have a relationship to that person with anymore. god if we did everything correctly it wouldn't mean a lot. I mean, even if we did, it would still be performance-based. And exactly. it's not and I'm it's not right. saying that that obeying and living in a way that's righteous and whole, it make it's easier to live that way because there's not as many consequences. Less resistance. Yeah. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the judgment and oh, yeah. the way that things are in our head. Like I I don't know. But I if just... you look at it, you look at 
how we all stray from God in many ways, but it means more in the long run because he still was there for us. Of course. As, and that in itself is a way better testimony than for somebody else that needs to hear it. This is the God who doesn't leave your side, who is with you, who I didn't do things you. the way that was extreme, like that was laid out. And yet I'm still very happy. And mm -hmm. I, I learned from it. Yeah. And just because I did it didn't mean that I fell from grace. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, it, I think when we when we have rules like that and we're very set in our ways, we forget that the Holy Spirit is much more powerful than our judgments. If somebody's doing something that's hurting their hearts and their spirits or other people, like he he's in us. He convicts. He's like, hey, this isn't right. Let's get you healthy. Let's let's help you not hurt those people. Mm -hmm. Let's help you not hurt yourself. He is so powerful to do that. And we take it upon ourselves, I think. And yes, mm -hmm. I think there's a place to teach what's right and wrong in the ways of we're talking like If you separate judgment from morality, yeah. that's where it comes. Yeah. Because you can call out morality and then not be judging that person right. because they're hurting somebody yeah. or somebody yeah. else or themselves. They yeah. could be hurting themselves. If, yeah. If you do it in love and you feel something like a prompting, but I just think a lot of the time it's like we talked about the church in England where the DJ was living with this girlfriend yeah. and I had never experienced that. And the preacher there was like, I'm not the Holy spirit. Mm -hmm. If God wants me to use, use me to say something like, Hey, let's, let's, let's help you if you're entangled in something. But he's like, he's the Holy spirit. I'm, I'm loving them. Yeah. Got any thoughts, Ash? Uh, something that you said earlier, um, how you, for a little while you were, you were agnostic the person that was having to write the Bible, they would consider themselves to be agnostic. I just okay. kind of took it. I started from a clean slate and then drew my own conclusions. I was nothing. Oh, you were nothing. I wasn't okay, even, like, right. I wasn't even I was. atheist. I was just nothing, nothing for a second and then built my own conclusions yeah. based on what just my own observations and study. I really, there's something about that that just, that I love. And I think this is where I'm going with this in my head. That in that, during that time, where you were nothing and you were going to look at everything and just figure things out for yourself. People get so worried about yeah. people that do that. Yep. But the reality is for us and what we believe in our faith is that there is a God who isn't afraid of that. And mm -hmm. there is a God who is still he's with you. you. He's yeah. with you and he's yeah. for you. Or God's not scared about that. Oh, yeah, no. And I felt like a lot of what I was ra raised with, not to be dramatic, was brainwash, like 100%. Oh, for sure, yeah. I didn't feel like I I was living in fear of everything I was taught mm. instead of, like, and then I was able to, because I had toxic relationships growing up, not like, you know, not like boyfriend-girlfriend relationships with people, toxic mm -hmm. relationships with people. I was, I'm actually thankful for them because they taught me the same habits in a toxic relationship will teach you habits in religion mm -hmm. and it helped me to pick out i'm being fed things mm -hmm. and that's what made me do it and there was a time that was almost like withdrawal where i was just in fear because i'm like what if i die tomorrow and i'm nothing and what happens to me after i die and then right. i thought holy crap that's not how that works to me it might right. be but to me i'm like if i die not knowing anything tomorrow i'm like if i'm questioning it in the first place then there's a reason for that. Right. And it's okay. I'm like, I don't think that just because I'm exploring other options, I'm like, if I die tomorrow and I don't really officially have a religion, I'm like, if I'm questioning Christianity in the first place, I shouldn't be worried about it. Mm. But then it didn't last long. It was like a period of like, okay, like, I think I want to be Christian, but I'm like, I want to know what that means. But it's so diverse. It's one of the biggest religions population-wise in oh, the world. Yeah. And everybody has a different definition of it. So... Mm. 
I just kind of ended up going, I liked the values of it. I knew Mm. that, but I loved the values of other religions also Mm. because I think I was seeking out because what some Christians, like they're really not all, but some Christians would call, would call sinful in other religions, which I think is a little crazy because you're judging someone else's religion that doesn't hold the same standards as you. You're saying that's sinning when to them, it's not sinning. Right. And you could be wrong. We just don't know. That's why faith is a thing. But I, I realized that I really liked the forgiveness aspect of other religions, whereas mm-hmm. people that I was raised with would say, oh, you just like the freedom of getting to do whatever you want. Yeah, That's yeah. not true. Mm-hmm. I really liked the forgiveness and love of some religions mm-hmm. where people couldn't stray so far from whatever they believed in that they weren't accepted. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then I realized... Because you grew up with the fundamental Christianity yeah. where yeah. it's black and white, like we've talked about You're before. either going to hell... Or, you're going to heaven because you're doing and right. And when you die, it could be based on what you did that day. Like, it's yeah, crazy. That's rough. Gosh, that's it's rough. just stupid. When in reality, he loves you as you are. Yeah. And he's not going anywhere. Exactly. And he's strong enough and good enough. Mm-hmm. But what I was looking through. for was actually in Christianity the whole time yeah. for me. You just hadn't experienced exactly. that part of Christianity. And I ended up coming back to it, but mm-hmm. that might be in it for something else first or in some, another religion for someone else, mm-hmm. but just for me. And I never like to say when I'm talking to other people that this is because for me personally, you guys might not feel this way. Faith exists because we don't know, even though we might personally know for ourselves. Hey, did you guys know there's a place where you can go to buy Ashley and I a coffee? That's right. There really is a place where you can donate towards our caffeine and margarita needs. And of course, the podcast production costs. If you go to our website, gloriousthingspodcast.com and click on the buy us a coffee link, you can give there. We really appreciate you. And now back to the show. You know? Yeah. To me, it's, I I believe Jesus because I've experienced him. Exactly. In many ways. Mm-hmm. I still think Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. However, it's like in the shack. He says, are there, are there many roads? And he's like, no, nah, but I'll go down any road to find someone. Yeah. We think of other religions or agnostic or atheists mm-hmm. as they're wrong. And it's wrong and they've got to turn to our way. Whereas Jesus is a freaking person. He's saying, go, he's saying, here I am. Mm. I will meet you where you are. When your heart needs me, I am here. And he will reveal himself to people in the midst of what they're in. I don't care what religion they are. I don't care if they're not religious. He reveals himself to people in fundamental Christianity. Yeah. He reveals himself to us because he loves us and wants to know us and have a relationship Mm -hmm. to us. So it might be another way of saying, I have no problems when people are other religions. What I want for people is to know how loved they are. Yeah. And a relationship wouldn't exist if we were all brainwashed, forced to be in something. That's not a relationship. That's slavery. He made our minds to question and he's a mystery, but he's a good mystery. And you explore and you get to know him and it's just awesome. Mm. So anything else you want to say? Because I kind of think this leads into our question that Heidi sent in. Would you like to share anything else? Cause we're not in a um, hurry. The only other thing I wanted to talk about was that it also kind of leads into is Christian propaganda for people that are not Christians and how it yeah, further explain. Yeah. it makes it negative. Yeah. So I was like driving here. Mm-hmm. I was driving to Savannah and I saw 
in Georgia, there's from the Bible Belt, there's always billboards that are like, what will you choose, heaven or hell? And yeah. stuff like that. And that's always rubbed me the wrong way, but I never thought about why. Mm-hmm. Even when I was just full dedicated before my quote unquote rebellion, mm-hmm. like full Christian. And I, I was like, I don't get why I don't like that. But I realize now that it really bothers me because if somebody that isn't Christian, Christians put up these billboards and somebody that isn't Christian sees it, it means nothing. Unless you already believe in God, there's no heaven. There's no hell. Right. Why are you or spending just money on people, advertising? Yeah. Or you're just right. making people scared. Or you're just yeah. using fear as that's another fear tactic. And to Jesus, mm-hmm. to me, Jesus, we spend way more time on hell. Yeah. Than Christ ever did or meant to. No, mm-hmm. yeah, hundred percent. So I see all this propaganda, and it's like, and then it leads into how people approach things wrong. They'll go up to somebody and be like. Well, if you're thinking about if you want to be Christian and they visit churches and the church goes, do you want to go to hell? That doesn't mean anything to no, them. That doesn't a, mean that's, that's a, a manipulation. Yeah. yeah. It to them. Well, hell might not exist to them. Right. So or, why would you use it to try and make your point? I can't imagine Jesus going, Morgan, do you want to go to hell? You would believe in me. Yeah. <laughs> that's not him. No, it's not him. No, because that's another, that, that also takes away free will because then it's saying, well, you're going to die if you don't do what I say. That's the same thing. That's holding somebody at knife point when God's whole thing is a relationship. Have you seen the the thing, the meme of Jesus knocking on the door, that old picture where it's It's like, Hey, are you going to let me in? And they're like, why? And he goes, so I can save you. Save me from what? And you should. What I'll do to you if you don't believe in me. And then you shared that and you were like, not looking all creepy like that. He's not coming in my house. (laughs) And I have a shirt from my sister's church camp. Oh, yes. This is amazing. I'm sorry. Oh, a bright neon orange shirt. It, I call it prison and jumpsuit orange. Oh, my gosh. That's great. <laughs> so it, they went, I wish you would have brought it because it's amazing. So this, I have this shirt that my sisters went to a church camp with their friend. It's not their church. But her friend invited them. And my sisters are super sweet. And they're like, yeah. So they went and they had a great time at this national park. Mm-hmm. And it was like church camp. There was counselors and cabins mm-hmm. and all this yeah. stuff. But they all had to wear this neon orange shirt. Obviously, so they could keep track of them. But on it is it's the incredible. typical, the meme we've all seen on 70-year-old women's Facebooks. It's, it's the Jesus picture. It's the, the Jesus, Jesus picture on, on the f- cell phone. And the cell phone's sitting here, like mid-torso. And it's got Jesus. And it says, Jesus is calling. And the phone's lit up. And it says, deny oh. or accept. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then the time. Okay, instead of the carrier, like Sprint T-Mobile, it says John, and then 316 is the time. Oh, my god! In the middle. Oh, my god! And then the, where the battery would be, there's just a cross. God, this is bad. And I, Kate and Tara, my sisters got she back. She still lives it. It's oh, yeah. amazing. My sisters got back, and they were like, Morgan. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. have to see it. And we were literally screaming. <laughs> we're, like, laughing. Well, Morgan, And yeah. my parents yeah. growing up just knew answer? if we're screaming, it's normal. So right. they were just like, whatever. But they were going to throw them out. And I'm like, no. And I grabbed <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, this is a gem. I'm like, this is a relic. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> and I still have it. And I wear it. You need to take mm. a picture of it when you get back. So I will. That I and you can put it on, on, your, website. on your social yeah, media, too. too. It's the greatest. And I'm not hating on that church. It's just, it's just the best worst shirt ever. We need to have yeah. a whole segment or an episode you guys do about Christian memes. About oh, that would be fun. The cheesiness, <laughs> our favorite. We memes. can laugh at the cheesiness. Yes, and it's yeah. a, without being super cruel. That would be awesome. But it, that stuff turns people away, also because yeah. it's not modernized and it's not cool. I'm sorry. <sighs> it's <laughs> just incredible. It's incredible. That yeah. shirt is one of my favorite things in the world. It, I have to say, I need to see it. It's one of my prized possessions. <laughs> I love you, it. You need to. Uh, you need to send us a picture of it sometime. 
Okay, so now I want to move on to, we did get a question and comment from Heidi. And it's really thought-provoking and good. So uh, her email says, I've recently left congregation again and have started to explore some themes that I would have considered heretical in the past. There's a lot to unpack when you've spent decades in church. Something that I love hearing you talk and write about Shannon is that God is love. I really want to believe that, but it just seems out of reach for me. For both of you, how do you manage to untangle yourself from the things that you've been taught about God, yet no longer really believe to be true? It feels like these neural pathways are so well-trotted in my brain. I want to be open to discovering something new, but I feel stuck. That's a lot about what we just talked about. It is. Mm -hmm. And I think some of the things we did talk a little bit with her yeah. over email about this. Um, would you like to share what you shared with her first and, and just kind of discuss it more? Yeah. Work it out more with us. So one thing that was interesting, we'll talk about what you told her too. No, no, no talk about, yeah. But we said fine. some similar things because yeah, our personal experiences, I think both include holding on to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And, and we talked the last episode a little bit about my story and, and how I had had enough experience with, with Jesus. That was real to me. And that meant something to me mm -hmm. so that when I let everything crumble at my feet, um, I chose to hold on to him yep. and that really helped me because I felt, and this is why I told Heidi, I just felt held and kept yep. in my faith journey. That was turning me away from everything re religious wise. And I think <laughs> there was a lot more than I said in there, I think, but in our dialogue with her, she's not at that place right? because of what she came out of. Right is more was so toxic mm -hmm. and her experience of Jesus is so wrapped up tightly into that manipulation. I think it like, it's so experiential right mm -hmm. in it's, where she came from. Right. So, I had to throw the whole thing out yes. the baby out with the bathwater and start right. over. And I, I think that answering her, mm -hmm. I said, yeah, no, no I think yeah. whatever approach, like for mm -hmm. Heidi, this is not an advice column, right? She does what she needs to do, yeah. but she asked us that question. And for me, the way, when she said, how did you untangle yourself from everything you were taught about God? Mm -hmm. First of all, I didn't have to, un me, I didn't have to untangle myself from everything I was taught about him. Mm -hmm. I was taught that he's love, but I grew up in a, my parents weren't like that, but the churches we went to, mm -hmm. that was what was infused in my brain over the years as I learned about hell and this and that. I have learned to, for me, I sit still with Jesus and get to know him for who he is. Mm -hmm. Heidi, you may not be at that point, and that's that's fine. Mm -hmm. Well, if there's like 50 different denominations that all say they're Christian, how can you say that there's only one mm -hmm. way? Right. Yeah. How could you say I, that? I just, I feel that in her unwinding, mm -hmm. it's okay if you don't know that God is love right now. Mm -hmm. it's, it's okay, okay. To backtrack. it's okay to not believe right now it's okay mm -hmm. to go backwards mm -hmm. it's just know that whether you feel it or not whether you know it i believe you're held and loved and have such mercy and such freedom to to sit still or don't or there's no convincing it's not intellectual mm -hmm. like i could say a million words but it's not going to convince you that god is love I think on you your have journey, to experience you it. have mm -hmm. to know that he's love for yourself. And I don't know how to tell you to do that. But I do know that what I've done is a lot of different things. I've thrown out the crap like Morgan did and just decided that's, mm -hmm. that's lies. That's not him. 
had to search the scriptures and how they were really written, like Greek and Hebrew. Like, what is this translation that we always also, read? Also, lost in translation, that's a thing. There's yeah, absolutely. 50 translations. Sure. been translated so many times. So you go back to how it was originally written and, and you get a little bit. And then there's also a bias in translation. Absolutely. People change things to be how they want it's it It's all through somebody's eyes. It's a Doesn't, lens. Yeah. So, you have to take it with a grain of salt. Absolutely. And then I sit with Jesus himself. And we talked last mm -hmm. week about contemplative prayer. You can call it whatever you want. Just yeah. listening. Mm-hmm. Being yourself and not listening for a while, whatever. He, you're not lost just because you don't believe or because you're untangling yourself. Um, it's not intellectual. That's what I'll say. Intellect, thinking and talking about it with people, to me, is more spiritual and emotional. It is. To me, just hashing it out and figuring it out. Not being under shame while you do it. Not having to say you believe, but you're trying to because untangle. You just be where you are, and you're the word is loved. going to hold up. Yeah, no he, matter what he's you real, do, he's it's alive. Meant to be questioned. That's right. It's it's so solid, and if I'm, you don't think it's solid, then you shouldn't have. Like that's when you should have a problem with it. Yeah, I'm not sure that's comforting or helpful. I hope it is. Yeah. I hope it's helpful. Um, we also talked. She said the neural pathways and. Yeah. One big thing for me has been that I never understood that scripture of taking your thoughts captive, but I've had to learn when I have thoughts of like self-hatred or frustration or hatred of others or listening to lies, like my mind will tell me something I know is not true about God because it's not love or merciful and I'll stop it. Mm -hmm. And in my head, I grab it and I hand it off to Jesus and I just leave it. And I'm like, I have to take these captive so that my mind begins to think in the ways that are more healthy. And when I take those thoughts captive and don't obsess on them and lay in bed thinking about them for three hours and try to take them captive and hand them off, I it helps. Mm -hmm. So it's a real thing to take thoughts captive and move forward. But I don't know. Well, uh, so on to that too. It uh, For Heidi and what hurt my heart for her mm -hmm. was that she could not, I felt like in our conversation, holding on to Jesus was not because of her, because of the experience that yeah. we both had. She couldn't trust that. Yeah. She couldn't even hold on to that. Yeah. And so some things that have also helped me, which are, are not um, rooted in, hmm, how do I say this? Some things that have helped me also. And I told her this, which is a little more out there. Mystical. Mystical um, is something called grounding mm -hmm. where you go out into <laughs> your front lawn or wherever, wherever the grass is growing, you take your shoes off and you stand. Oh, I love that. I do that. All you time. do that. Okay. See, right. I did it when I had a panic attack, my first panic attack. And, and my yeah. friend in England said, ground mm -hmm. yourself. There's something yeah. about the neurological signals and the yes. force, the earth's magnetic fields also right. that work with yep. the, your feet touching the mm -hmm. ground. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And I think so for, for moments when I, especially when I was in the darkness and going through so much disappointment and, just trauma, trauma. Yeah. Trauma. It was trauma walking outside, taking my shoes off, walking outside and just standing there there. And there's something to that. With the present in this moment. Yeah. Just your, your feet to the earth. There's something really, it reminds you that everything that has also been on the earth has gone through. Yeah. What you're, you're doing. not alone. It's big. You yeah. feel the actual moment. Mm -hmm. You kind of come back in and just, yeah. Peace. Yeah. Um, so I, so offered that. And then I also offered just getting out in the sun. So while you're grounding just on a sunny day, we weren't meant to be indoors all the time. No, no. 
And there's something that's a modern thing that vitamin D, the chemicals in your brain, the sun shining down on you. God put everything on the earth we would ever need to help us feel yeah. better. Yeah. And I think that's true. Yeah. Because especially, mm -hmm. and I don't think people were thinking about this at the time, but when you look at like people using things to create other things, like, you know, anything that we've ever built anything out of didn't just, it wasn't just sitting here when we got here. Yeah. Right. But you think about with medicine and stuff like yeah. that too. But also, mm -hmm. you can go back to the completely Square the holistic one. things. Yeah, because how mm -hmm. did people do it before, you right. know? Yeah. I mean, obviously, there weren't cures for things before. Right. But, but people, there were a lot of way more healthier ways that they lived and ate mm -hmm. because they had to. They had no and choice, not to get but into it, those but things are healthy. My sister is studying medical stuff, and she's in a class that was like, no hospital's ever going to tell you this, but preventative medicine solves 99% of health issues. And it's all about going outside, not being indoors, exercising. exercising. And they're like, it's the stuff you hear your doctor say all the time. But it's the stuff that people don't think about. It's mm. crazy. As a registered nurse, <laughs> yes, I would like to confirm that preventative medicine mm -hmm. is is what can game changer. It's a game changer. If you're taking care of yourself, you're taking care of your body and your spirit and your mental and your, health. Yes, and not just physically, but every aspect yeah. of you as a human being. If you're when you're taking care of yourself. That is a game changer. And, but we, especially in the United States, we don't do things like no. that. So we medicate, we work, we, we have very limited, exhaust ourselves. Yeah. Very and limited I think off. also untangling and being in the spot, like Heidi's definitely not mm -hmm. the only one. <laughs> Millions, yeah. I swear. Just knowing that there is no shame mm -hmm. where you're at and where, mm -hmm. what you're doing, that if someone does put shame on you, they just, they don't, they don't understand. Or they had mm -hmm. shame put on them. Or they had shame put on them. And don't, it's not from God. Mm -mm. You're completely loved and accepted as, as you are. I mean, just don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. That's what I'd say. Yeah. And we love you. I love Heidi. She's precious. I love her and I've never met She's her. Amazing. I know. I've never met Heidi. She's precious. I just appreciate it. She's a good one. Heidi yeah, the honesty And a freaking funny yeah. one. Here's your Heidi fan club. Yeah. But just the honesty and the her willingness to be vulnerable and say. Yeah, beautiful you know, how are you guys doing it? And then with our responses, with her response saying, I can't, I can't, I'm not even there. I can't even yeah. do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is really, she's not alone. What you were just saying. Mm -hmm. She's, there are so many people who are in her situation. And if you have to walk away from everything, that's okay. Mm -hmm. If you have to throw it all in the garbage, right. that's okay. Yeah. And just take care of yourself and your mental health. Yeah. Just focus on that and whatever that needs to look like. Also, what you were saying, Shane, about taking your thoughts captive, I think mm -hmm. when Heidi was talking about the neural pathways, yeah. th these things popping your mind automatically, we're wired for it. We're brainwashed with certain thoughts that will automatically come to us. And I think when those thoughts happen to people like Heidi, just pausing and saying, nope, yeah, <laughs> no, no I'm not I don't, I reject that. I'm not I don't thinking like it. that anymore. Yeah. yeah. And then mentally throw it in the garbage yeah. and just keep throwing it in the garbage every time it pops yeah. up. I, maybe that'll help. Yeah. But taking care of your mental health, so important. Yeah. And especially for people who religious trauma. It is trauma for real. Yeah. And it's it's emotional turmoil. Mm -hmm. It's heavy. And yeah. and as as you're if you're a child who's grown up, your humanity has been formed in this Mm -hmm. sick it is way harder to change it of god yeah. it's not yeah it's not something you can just switch off it's something that takes time and mm -hmm. it's something to have grace on yourself you have to unlearn how give it. a space mm -hmm. if you want to know if god's give him some space to answer you 
however that means for you. But even if you can't do that, that's okay. Be really open-minded. Yeah. yeah. Just, mm -hmm. just be at peace because you're, it's going to be okay. Hang in there. Okay. So I think that's it for today. Morgan, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. We think you're awesome. I think you guys we are love awesome. You. I love you too. And thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Glorious Things is hosted and made by me, Shannon Ruddy. And me, Ashley Simmons. The music is called Quietly Hopeful by Lewis Lyon. You can find our website at gloriousthingspodcast.com. There you can find details on our blog about each episode, listen to the podcast, contact us, or buy us a coffee. You can email us at gloriousthingspodcast at gmail.com. And last but not least, please consider rating our podcast, leaving us a good review, and sharing your favorite episodes with friends. We're glad you're here. Thanks for listening.